Well, everyone, this is Tommy at World of War Comics Podcast, and today, another fantastic podcast. This time, we have Reggie from Reggie Collects. Um, you could follow him on YouTube at Reggie Collects Comics. You could also follow him on Instagram. Um, if you want to know anything about slabbing, anything about collecting Silver Age, um, Reggie is the man um, when it comes to that. He also um, has a couple different comics, um, one isolation that has been uh, published under his Swolger Publishing um, so you could also go to swolgerpublishing.com and you could take a look at their comic book. Um, so I'm really excited to have Reggie on the show. But before we get into that, if you could give us a like and a subscribe, you know that helps the channel and we really appreciate it. All right, without further ado, here's Reggie and I. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another World at War Comics podcast today. I got Reggie Collects Comics on. Reggie, it's a pleasure to meet you. Um, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? I am doing well. It's been a, a crazy day here, but I'm looking forward to the conversation. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's always fun to kind of escape a little bit from our, our daily responsibilities and talk comic books, right? There you go. I mean, it, after all, it is a hobby. It should be an enjoyable one that is somewhat <laughs> stress-free, and it, it's nice to be able to break away from other responsibilities and just kind of kind of zone out and just nerd out for a little bit. I love that. I love that. I mean, that's why I love comic books, right? It is an escape for me from my real responsibilities that do cause stress in my life. So I agree with you 100% on that. There you go. So, so let's get into like the history of Reggie and comics, man. When did this pat? Because you have a tremendous passion for comic books, Reggie. I, you know, I follow you on Instagram. Obviously, I, I listen to a lot of your YouTube um, videos. Um, you're dialed in, my friend. And, uh, I don't know if this is like a recent passion or you've been reading comics from a very young age. Maybe you could let us know when it all started for you. Yeah. You know, I think my story is very similar to a lot of people's out there, right? You, you are exposed to comics as a kid and as you get a little bit old, you get away from it. And then uh, some of us actually find our way back to the hobby. And that that's essentially where I was. Yeah. Uh, I collected uh, as a young adult, uh, well, technically as a kid, I should say, um, back in the 90s and uh, absolutely loved comics. I was a, an introverted you know, kid. And so comics were a great form of of a, escapism for me, even as as a kid. Uh, got away from comics when I discovered girls and how great girls are and uh, <laughs> got away from it for a long time, went to college and and didn't look at a comic during that entire time that I was away at school uh, as, as a young professional uh, came back to the hobby around 2005, 2006 for a very short period of time and was out of it again until around 2017, 2018. And mm -hmm. I've been back in full force since then. This has probably been my longest stint with the hobby mm -hmm. uh, having again, returned at the end of 2017, the beginning of 2018. Well, I certainly understand the girl part of it. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I have a feeling that a lot of young boys, as they start to mature, kind of escape. And then in my experience, I kind of got back into it a little bit. And then I got married and started having kids and couldn't afford the hobby anymore. So then I sold everything. I had baseball cards, comic books, mm. kind of sold a lot of stuff because we had to pay rent and all that. Yeah. And then my kids are all 18 and over now. So I'm getting old. Um, and now I've like, I'm trying to make up ground, right, for that that gap where I wasn't collecting for a while, and my wife feels like maybe um, it's maybe something that I don't know. Maybe I need to see someone for because she feels like it's even more than that. But uh, um, was there any other reason, like that second or third time where you kind of got in and out? Did you ever become maybe I don't know if tired of comics or maybe didn't like where it was going, or was it always just something personal that kind of got in the way and you took a step back? Yeah, it was always something personal, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always found something within the pages of a comic book that I can get on board with, right? Yeah, so exactly. I was never like, eh, I don't know about this. No, for for me, it was more about just just life, yeah. you know. Um, you know, initially, again, you know, discover girls that Jessica Wade was her name. That was a big big draw for me, you know. <laughs> uh, and when I went away to college, there were just so many other things that I was focused on. I went from you know being in Detroit uh, to being in Washington D.C. and having all the freedom in the world and and just wanting to enjoy college. You know, I pledged a couple of of uh, organizations at Howard University. Um, and, you know, if you're pledging that and you're trying to also do academics yeah. and other things, that sucks up a lot of time. And then sure. I, I started working, 
And that too sucked up a lot of time, just trying to be a professional and trying to, you know, do what you're supposed to do. And then, you know, have your, your party time, right. Uh, Spending what little money you have, there just wasn't a a lot left over, you know? So again, in and out of it, but it's always been just, just life, just wanting to enjoy life. And, Mm -hmm. and most recently it's just um, needing to escape in a, positive way, right? Like there's a lot of ways to escape and and some are not exactly positive. I'm choosing some of the more positive routes. Uh, Absolutely. And I, I could, I could relate to that quite a bit. I do think comic books are extremely positive way to kind of escape um, a very healthy way, I think. Right. Um, I try to get my kids into it. None of them are any part of it. Unfortunately, Um, they like the movies aspect of it. Right. So we see like the the Marvel and DC movies and they enjoy that. But as far as reading comics, they're like, nah. And unfortunately, like a lot of, you know, younger people, manga has kind of seeped in and kind of replaced comic books for my kids. So although they don't read a lot of manga, my 18 year old does. And she watches Crunchyroll constantly. And I, I enjoy it too, to be honest, she's kind of got me into some pretty cool stories, but it still hurts really bad that nobody in my family wants any part of it. I got a son who lives in Texas could care less. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the way that it is. Right. I mean, I don't know how it was when you grew up, but I didn't have a ton of friends that were in comics. Yeah, it's always been a niche type of things. Really? You know, and and when I was originally in the hobby in the 90s, you know, I had a couple of buddies that were, you know, also nerds and were into it. And we used to go, you know, to the comic store and all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, we started we started playing sports. We started, you know, uh, playing basketball, all these other things. And we we got away from it, you know, and like I said, Jessica Wade, shout out to her, you know, (laughs) Um, Manga stuff, I, I'm not, I'm not into that, right? Like yeah, for yeah. me, it is about comics and yeah, yeah. specifically spandex comics and, <laughs> and Marvel. If you want to be even more specific yeah, than that, yeah. so you grew up kind of a Marvel guy, then, right? Marvel was kind of the the universe that you were most attracted to. You know, I, I think that the earliest exposure with comics was probably DC. It okay, was probably DC. Yeah. But what I, what I, what I bought, what I read, what mm-hmm. I enjoy, Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. All day, yeah. all day, specifically Spider-Man and anything mutant related, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, f- fallen angels, exterminators, <laughs> you know, uh, I was hardcore with some yeah. of that stuff. Boom, boom. Like for whatever yeah. reason, it was anything that was like a, a young teen mutant type of stuff. X Factor, I was really big into. Uh, I mean, a lot of that stuff that I, I don't read it now, right. but whenever yeah. I see like an exterminators cover, or fallen angels, yeah, it, yeah. it does something to me. You know what I'm saying? I get it super triggers a little nostalgic. warmth inside, right? Oh, man, <laughs> there, there is something there. There is a power to comics in my mind that has an ability to transport you in time. Yeah, and yeah, and, sure. and you just get this nostalgic wave that that washes over you, right? Like there is a GI Joe. Um, oh yeah. Special. It's like a special missions comic. <laughs> Whenever I see that comic, I think of my brother. Really? Yeah. And I think my brother and I traded that comic back and <laughs> forth a couple of times. Whenever I see that issue number one, yeah, it reminds me of my brother. When I when I think of uh, Terror Inc. When I see yeah. Terror Inc. <laughs> issue number one, yeah, it yeah. transports me back to Oak Park, Michigan when I was like 16 or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It's just, it's a wonderful thing, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, GI Joe and He-Man were my thing and, you know, I, I'm getting close to 50 now. So, you know, I start to look back at those old comic books, man. I'm just like, sheesh, but what memories, you know? And actually that's what drew me into comic books is watching the Saturday morning cartoons. And oh, yeah. And then I, someone said, you know, they make a comic book for that. And then you find out a lot of the stories came from comic books. You're like, whoa, this is like, oh yeah. And uh, I was very, I don't know. Did you grow up near a comic book store in uh, Michigan where you grew up? So or did my, you have to my, go pretty far for one? My closest comic book store, I want to say was like six miles away. Okay. Like six miles away. It was, it wasn't terrible, but on a, on a 10 speed bike, brother, it's kind of brutal. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I remember, I remember getting on the bike and and pedaling and, uh, and, and being super pumped to get back home, to rush down into the basement, to read my comics. But it, it was, it was a, it was a journey. Yeah. <laughs> it was a journey. And thankfully, you know, my parents would take me occasionally. Yeah. Um, but but that ride on the 10 speed was not 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 a fun ride, man. Yeah. And I'm sure 
growing up in Michigan, there's certain months that just doesn't happen either. Forget about <laughs> it. Forget yeah. about it. It's just not going to happen. I mean, and that, that, that was one of my early challenges with yeah. being able to be consistent with the hobby mm-hmm. and getting sure. all the issues is I was an introvert. And so I, I didn't have a pull list until a couple of years ago. Yeah. I never set up a pull list because one, I never really always had the money. Right, Two, yeah. I never had the real conversation with the shop owner because they were maybe not the friendliest for me to set up a pool. Gotcha. So I had these these spurts of runs. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, at, at various points, I actually had a subscription to um, to Web of Spider-Man and maybe one oh, other wow. title yeah. and it would come to the house. And oh. that was like my biggest, most consistent run was Web of Spider-Man because it came to the house and it was great, you know? (laughs) I remember that too. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It was was wrapped in like a, a a blue and white plastic. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't folded. It was like a blue and white plastic that I used to come wrapped in with my name on it, you know? So, yeah. (laughs) That's awesome though. What great memories though, huh? Yep. So are you in Michigan now, Reggie, or are you still in the DC area, like the Northeast area? (laughs) Not even close, brother. Oh, where are you I, at now? I tell people all the time I'm like a migrant worker. Okay. <laughs> uh, some sometimes I'm I'm doing uh you know grapefruit or, or oranges in Florida. Sometimes yeah, it's California. Yeah. I've been in uh a total of of ten states wow. plus the District of Columbia. Yeah. Um, wow. And right now we live in North Carolina. It is the best place that I've ever lived. Really? Absolutely love North Carolina. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, there's a lot of amazing uh, comic book uh, comic cons um, in the Carolinas. A lot yeah. of comic book shops, yep. um, and a lot of creators I've met over the last uh, you know year or so that are in that area. So at least it's a really like comic friendly environment uh, in no the doubt. Carolinas. Yeah, Be- best comic shops I've ever had though were yeah. in California. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be- best, and I was in the Bay Area. Okay, yeah, and yeah, some good ones up there. Yes, the quality of the Silver Age collections in the Bay Area was incredible. Really, um, man, just I, I, I would go to shops and I would just look at books behind the counter. I wouldn't look at anything in the shop. Really, because all the good stuff was behind the counter, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, there were there were lots of shops in California that I would go to and leave lots of money behind, and they were just just great shops, man. I would go to shops and I would just stand in the shop and talk to the the LCS owner for yeah. an hour and some change, <laughs> just awesome. just talking about comics, man. Yeah. Best best comic book shops ever were there. North yeah. Carolina, eh. The cons are good here, yeah. Um, but the shops, in comparison to California, no, yeah, no, really, really, really. That's surprising. I thought there would be more like that. Yeah. Now there are shops. Yeah, it's just not the same, right? It's just it, all the new stuff, pretty much, and like uh, graphic novels, that type of stuff. Yeah, it's just it's not the the Silver Age stuff that yeah. I really enjoy, right? Like yeah. I could go into a shop and literally see a ton of books from the 60s just mm-hmm. book after book after book after book just amazing yeah. keys here yeah. not your average shop it's a lot of new stuff not that there's anything wrong with the new stuff but silver yeah. age is is my is my specialty yeah. um i also you know i i'm uh, the type that i want to have a good relationship with my lcs yeah. And I had LCSs in California that I developed really great relationships with over time. The owners sure. seemed interested in talking to me just as a regular person, right? Right. Yeah. I, I haven't found that same level of receptivity mm. in North Carolina for whatever reason. Maybe it was because uh of when I came here was during the pandemic, because uh-huh. maybe people had to wear masks. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. California, different ball game, which is shocking. Sure. Because yeah. you would think it would be the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that that's been my experience here, you know? Interesting, yeah, yeah. That is interesting. So, you know, as far as collecting goes, because I do watch you and you're, some of the keys you do have are pretty impressive. Thank you. Like, let's say you're going to spend $100 on, on, on comics for that week. Um, what percent of that is going to whatever's new and, and say they have all the silver age that you could go at, what percent is going towards silver age? I know that's probably a wrong number to give you, but yeah. like, how much are you spending on older stuff compared to newer stuff? 
I, if, if I had to, to put a percent to it, I would probably say about 70% would go to old stuff. Really? Okay. Right? Yeah. Like I, there, are, there is a lot of new stuff that comes out that I read and I enjoy. Yeah. I don't always buy the physical copies though. Right. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. With, with silver age, with older books, I want to own those books. I yeah. want those in my collection. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and so I'm able to read, uh, newer books digitally. Uh, I get comp copies from certain publishers. They send them to me and I have a chance to read them. So that also reduces my cost. Yeah. The bulk of my cash goes to old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a newer comic that you do like to purchase because you're in love with the story? Is there like one that you're like, I always have to get it every Wednesday? Yeah. So right now uh, I'm reading Miles Morales yeah. and, and I enjoy Miles. Yeah, I, yeah. I just, I enjoy the character. I enjoy mm -hmm. how he's written, how he's drawn. I buy it. I read it. Yeah. I buy, I buy amazing Spider-Man because I'm a Spider-Man guy. I don't read it. Yeah. And I don't really enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, th there's some indie stuff out that I read. Well, I, I also just read the new alpha flight alpha oh, flight yeah. number one. Yeah. Oh man. I got oh, it. I'm like, yeah, I haven't read it yet, but I have it right there. So I got to get into it. It's a fun read. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun read, but you know, I, there, there is some independent stuff that I read again, don't necessarily buy it, I, yeah. I, but I read it. Um, but yeah, uh, I read, a I read a lot more than I actually buy. And, yeah. and that's just for whatever reason, that's just the way that it is. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, you're always changing your background. What, what is the, what is, I guess it's the topic maybe you're, you're covering on your show and that's what dictate what goes behind you. Is that pretty much what it is? Or just, you get kind of tired of it. You're like, let's throw these up now. You know, you know, so the, I, I've never really had my own comic book space ever. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so uh, the wife and I, when I start, when I came back into the hobby in 2017, 2018, we, we lived in this little tiny house, right. Uh -huh. And we had, we had uh, two kids. It was a small house. I, my comics were at the time, a very small collection. I had some in the garage, some of my daughter's room, some of my son's room, right? They were, they were everywhere in closets. <laughs> so when we bought a larger house, you know, I was able to find a closet. It was actually a nice walk-in closet. And that became my comic book room first time ever. And I wanted to put books up. Right. Yeah. Because we have collections and oftentimes they're just in boxes and they yeah. just sit there yeah. and you, you get to pull them out and you're like, Oh, it's a cool book. And then you put it right back. Right. You, you forget <laughs> exactly. what you have. Right. Yeah. So I started um, putting books on walls so that I could actually enjoy the comics. So I could right. actually see them and walk into a room and be like, man, that's a cool book, you know? And so with, with YouTube, with me creating content, yeah. um, the the wall also became a way for me to give people something to look at mm -hmm. and to enjoy. Yeah. And so I changed the wall up based upon how I feel, maybe what month it, it is, uh, maybe what movie is coming out. Maybe yeah. somebody says something to me and I'm like, yeah, I've got that book. You know, you, you don't think I have DC books. I'm going to show you. Yeah. So I throw up <laughs> DC, right? So it, it just... It, it it just depends. And right now I'm I'm feeling a little nostalgic for yeah. the 90s. Yeah, so the yeah. wall back there is image comics, right? Yeah. I was <laughs> I was big in the image when they dropped and and sure. I didn't have enough image uh you know keys to put up there. So I threw some some just 90s stuff up there, right? Yeah. Spider-Man, Todd McFarlane, Cardiac's yeah, first Todd, appearance. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Uh, Thanos quest because I love Thanos and <laughs> everything Jim Starling did. And then we yeah, had the yeah. first appearance of uh, Bishop back there. Uh, yeah. So just, just some cool books, man. And I, they make me smile. So yeah. that that's also part of it, you know? <laughs> that's awesome. Now I've seen you interview um, some of the leaders at some of the companies that grade comics, right? So we've had CGC, um, CB, what is it, CBCS. EGS as well. Yeah, and then what was the other one? EGS. EGS is one of the last ones that I saw. That was probably like four months ago or something. And I know they're trying to change up things. And I do kind of like their look. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, right, uh, if you if you have a key, you're more than likely going to put it in a CGC just because the value of that key is higher than if you put it in an, another brand, right? Anything else. Anything else. So how do you dictate where you go or do you do almost everything in CGC? 
Yeah. So when, when I came back into the hobby again, 2017, 2018, I did a lot of research, right? Because I'm like, I don't know what this slabbing thing is. I don't understand it. This is completely foreign to me. So I spent a lot of time trying to understand it. And, and I literally pulled out a piece of paper, drew a line and I was like, CGC, CBCS. Yeah. What do I need? What do they have? And Mm -hmm. I wrote it out. Right. And, and I almost went with CBCS. Yeah. Because at the time they, they didn't have a membership fee and I was yeah. like, boom, yeah. I could save myself some money. Yep. Yep. Then they introduced a fee and I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go with, with CGC. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I had been buying some slabs here and there and it became a thing of, okay, I've already, I've already bought CGC books. Mm-hmm. When I look at their services, I think that they have the services that I need yeah. and that's what I went with. Mm-hmm. And, and over time, I've I've had some books graded by CBCS. Mm-hmm. I help introduce EGS to the comic book community, and they have graded some of my books, and they literally have some of my comics right now that they're grading. Mm-hmm. So even though I am uh, a, a huge fan of CGC, I also yeah. do things with the other publisher, um, third-party grading companies, right? Whether right. it be interview them or talk about their products or support yeah. them by spending money. Yeah. But- if you if you look on the wall back there, it is a lot of CGC and a couple of CBCS back there. Yeah, yeah. No, that's those are really good points. I mean, I thought PSG. I thought when you did the interview, I love that you could kind of change the label at the top yeah. with different colors. Like they're really trying really hard to, and even the speed. I think at one point they were the fastest out of anybody. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing to be honest, but um, it's kind of nice to get your comics um, back quickly. I sent some stuff to CBCS. It took a year and four months to get them back. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think is unacceptable. That's ridiculous. I, I don't understand why it would take that long. Um, now it's gotten a lot better, but uh, this is about a year ago. So yeah, I, I, I really went to you on your YouTube. I was listening to all the different, cause you did a really good job of kind of separating all the benefits of each one and all the yep. negatives. And I, I think that's really helpful because I, I'm not a huge guy into slapping, but there are some keys that I like, or it might be just a, uh, I love Green Lantern. There might be like, I have the first issue that Jon Stewart um, was brought in. Like those type of things are really important to me because I'm a yep. big Green Lantern fan. So then yep. I'll get those slabbed. Um, although that's a probably good one to slab anyways, but I also did Jessica Cruz. I did, you know, um, Baz. I did all of them. Right. And those yep. probably aren't worth a lot, but they're worth something to me because I love Green Lantern. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but in that case, and I don't know if you do the same thing, the ones that have the most wealth, you go to CGC, the ones that just mean a lot to me, I'm kind of okay going with any of them, to be quite honest, because I don't think that's going to change the value of them because at this point, they're not worth a ton anyways. Yeah. I don't know if that so, makes so, sense. You know, yeah. I mean, it does make sense. You know, one of the things that I do on the channel, I think, is I give people things to think about. Yeah. Right. I, I don't tell you, you have to go with CGC, sure. right? Absolutely. It's your money, man. It's yeah. your collection. You do what, it, what makes sense for you and your wallet and your collection, right? Yeah. So I, I try to put information out there where I'm like, here, here's some things to think about. Now, when I do that, you know, I may do something different, but yeah. that's my personal preference. Yep. And I try not to impose my preferences on you, the viewer. Right. Exactly. Um, Again, I like consistency. And so I like having the CGC books. Now, if there's a book that I'm hunting for and they're both 9.8 and the CBCS is a couple of bucks cheaper, I'm getting the CBCS book because it's the same book. You know what I'm saying? But when I, when I stack them in a bin, when I throw them up on the wall, I do like the consistency of the look with CGC. Right. Um, I also tend to like getting graded books because it, it de-risks the purchase, especially Mm. if I'm buying a high dollar book and I'm buying it online. Yeah. And, And at that point, Go with CGC, go with CBCS, go with EGS, go where your where your wallet takes you, but do it because it de-risks that purchase a little bit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because it's been reviewed, it's been verified, it's been guaranteed that it is what it is. So if I hand over a thousand bucks, I want to make sure that what I'm handing my money over to is legit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. people out there that love PGX. Yeah. I own two PGX books. One was a gift. 
and one was a purchase because I couldn't find it graded or raw anywhere else. So yeah. I bought it. And that those are the only two PGX. Nothing wrong with PGX. Yeah. Not yeah. my personal preference, though. Right, right. I didn't even know they were still around, to be quite honest, Reggie. Mm -hmm. You hardly hear very much about them. So, but I guess the they are. The people that love them, love them. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, it is what it is, right? Yeah. EGS, Tony Trebetta is a good guy. He yeah, does. Seems a, like it. He does a solid job. Uh, he was, he was, he's in the process of grading some of my books now and they, they are my actual comic. And he's like, Hey, can't find this information. Can you, can you provide it so yeah, I can yeah. grade these, I'm not graded, but put the uh, correct information on the label. I'm like, absolutely. Right. Here you go. Um, but, but Tony Trebetta, EGS, good guy, good company, good mm -hmm. way to, to, um, have your books be protected. Yeah. Um, yeah. and again, people have to make their own decisions based upon their collections and their, their preferences. Yeah. How about if a, a comic is signed, Reggie, does that change anything since CBCS has in-house people that can look at that signature and approve it? Whereas CGC, right. If, if someone's not right next to you, does it matter to you? And again, when, when I drew that line on the paper and I started talking about the services, I'm not big on signatures. Gotcha. Okay. So CBCS for me, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but that is one of the big advantages, right? Mm -hmm. CBCS has the ability to verify that signature as being a real signature. Right. That is a differentiator. I mean, yep. they, they had a challenge with that, with that, that one guy that forged a signature, uh, about a year and a half ago, but generally speaking, they do a solid job of verifying that signature. Whereas if you send that same book, that's already been signed to CGC, they will give it a green label, which, which doesn't really help you. Yeah. If, if you're, if you're submitting the book for the purpose of value, that's right. not the way to go, right? Yeah. You would want to go with CBCS because they're going to verify it as being a real signature, which helps the value versus a green label CGC. Yeah. You know, CGC has to be witnessed, which can be a pain if you already yeah. have a book that's been signed. Exactly. But, you know, again, you have to figure out what is, what is, what, is, what are my objectives, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, what are the services that I need? Go with mm -hmm. that, but also recognize that you don't, to your point, you don't just have to do one. Right. Exactly. You, yeah. you can, you can submit books to different places. You can buy across, you know, companies yeah. do what makes sense based upon your situation. You can't yeah. go wrong with that. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Each their own. Right. There you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm one of those fans, man, where I, I, I don't want it to ever be where, you know, I or anyone is dictating mm -hmm. how someone else collects. Absolutely. That's yeah. not, that's not what we need. Right. To no, the, to the no. point of the early part of this conversation, yeah. it's about escapism. Exactly. Fun, man. <laughs> I don't want rules you, and laws on everything. Right. <laughs> I don't want you dictating what I do. It's my money. It's my collection. I'm going to do what makes me happy. And maybe it'll be wrong. Yeah. Maybe it'll be right. Yeah. Steal my decision. Exactly. You know, and, uh, really good points. Really good points. All right. What I'd like to do right now, Reggie, is pivot to your comic book, right? So I read the first three issues of Isolation. Um, I love to kind of dig, um, dig into that and, and find out, one, where did this story come from? So I, I noticed in there you're a co-creator. So there's two of you that created the storyline for that. How did that storyline come up or, or am I correct in saying that? Yeah, it, there, there is only one creator, true okay. creator behind uh -huh. that. Right. And it is Doug Bratton. Doug, gotcha. Doug, okay. Doug is the genius behind that. Right. Gotcha. I am, I am referenced as co-creator uh, for a couple of reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, I spend a lot of money to bring this comic to life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that's like, that's like part of it. Right. Yeah. Um, I spend, I spend a, a tremendous amount of money uh, to do, to the, do the copyright, uh, to do all the legal stuff, to do all of the marketing, to uh, hire the 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 artist the letterers uh, the printers the proofreaders the yeah. graphics guys so that that's why I'm listed as a co-creator yeah. I provide input you can if you want to talk about that we can we can do that sure. um but but isolation is the brainchild of Doug Bratton gotcha. full stop very good he allows me to piggyback <laughs> <laughs> so what does that collaboration look like then yeah. Between yeah. you and Doug. So, so Doug has been a, a collaborator of mine for a while. 
Okay. You know, I, w- I was watching at one point, I think it was during the pandemic, this, this Mark Wahlberg, uh, like documentary, right. Mm-hmm. Where he was looking at all the different things that he's involved in. Right. And he was talking about having a team is the only way that he's been as successful as he is. It's not just him. Yeah. And, and, uh, it was around that time that I realized I could have Doug as part of my team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Doug, Doug contributed a lot of content in terms of written blog posts for ReggieCollects.com. Okay. Um, he would cre- cre- generate these scripts that I would turn into videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wrote the guide to smart comic collecting together. So we had a, a history of collaboration yeah. And around Thanksgiving, he came to me, sent me an email. He said, do not read this email until after Thanksgiving, but it's an idea for a comic. I, of course, read the email immediately <laughs> and, and loved the idea, right? Yeah. And, and so um, he, he, he had the idea. He wrote a full novel during the pandemic. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we've basically taken his novel and converted it into issues of a comic. Nice. And essentially the way that it works, and I'll give you the short version, is that he prepares a script. I give him feedback on the script. Mm -hmm. I like this. I don't like that. This has got to change. Tweak this. I don't like this language. This person might say this instead of that. Mm -hmm. Um, My big thing for him is this, this can't be a series in which people have to read multiple issues for something exciting to happen. Yeah. My whole thing is it has to be old school, Doug. Every something exciting has to happen every single issue. We get one shot, right? Like every issue is the first shot to get somebody on board. Right. And so I provided a lot of that input. He takes some of my ideas, he tweaks them, he rewrites, and then we just have a back and forth. And then eventually he's working with the creators in terms of the art and the lettering. Um and then I'm working on the business side. Okay. I'm doing things saying, hey, Doug, I think I'm going to promote it this way. What do you think? He's doing some stuff over here. Hey, Reggie, what do you think? Right. He'll bring to me multiple covers. We'll brainstorm cover ideas and I'll pick one and then we'll make that into the actual cover, A cover. Maybe we do yeah. a B cover. Hey, Doug, I think we need one more. Think about this. And then he goes and, and does it with his creative team. So it's very collaborative, very back and forth between he and I. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I, I assume that spills over into character development as well. Those characters are already part of the story, um, but how they come across in the comic book, there's a lot of the back and forth, I assume, as well, right? Yeah. There, there, you know, I would say that there's a lot of back and forth and collaboration between the entire team. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. so Doug writes a script. I give feedback on the script. I tweak it. I might modify some language or even a scene. Hey, Doug, I, I think this might work better. And he right. he, he hears it and he's mm-hmm. not so, it has to be this way that he's yeah. like, no, it's this. So he tweaks it, but then we give it to the person that's actually doing the pencils and the inks and they they see something slightly different. Sure, yeah. And so they interpret the written word slightly different than Doug and I envisioned yeah. it. And then you have the letterer um, who who also, Beth, who also has her own ideas about how people speak. Sure, and yeah. so she provides input. I think if we said this this way, maybe we shorten this and include this, it'll work. Everybody adds something. So in the end, when you look at it, it's not Doug. It's not yeah. Reggie. It's yeah, not yeah. Delia or Chase or Beth or Elena Morton. It's all of us lending something to that finished product. And that's what makes it special in my mind. A hundred percent. Right. It's a, it's a, some, it's a sort of a dance, right. That has to be taking place. And if yep. someone's off that night, someone's toes are going to get stepped on. Right. So uh, I, I agree with you. I, I think that's beautiful. And that's, that's probably one of the exciting things about creating uh, is being able to have that kind of collaboration. And then when it's done, all that input, you could see it in each page. And then, right? and then Doug, then Doug finds errors. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, that always so, happen though, right? That's, so that's we, human we, nature, man. We <laughs> did issue one. We did issue one. It might have been issue one and two. No, it might have been issue one. And we went to a con. Uh-huh. And it, it's early morning. And Doug's like, hey, Reggie, I have to tell you something. Uh, yeah. This this is a little messed up. And I'm like, Doug, I don't care. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> Doug, we just, we just printed, uh, I think the first print run was 7,400 copies. Doug, <laughs> we just printed a ton of comics. I don't care about this mistake, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, and then 
we just finished issue four and I found a mistake and I haven't <laughs> even told Doug about it. And it's, <laughs> it, it's just, it, it's, it's, yeah. it's never perfect, yeah. but it's always a journey. Yeah. And, and it's an interesting journey and challenge every single issue. It's something, every issue, you know? Did you ever thought that you'd be uh, creating with a team a comic book? Was that ever like a passion of yours? Like, man, I, I would love to have my own comic book one day. Or you just, this all just kind of happened and here you are trying brother, to sell comic books. <laughs> brother, I can't draw. Okay. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Me neither. <laughs> I, I, can, I can write. Like I've been a published writer since I was 16, right? So okay, yeah. I, I don't know of anyone that hasn't read comics that at least had a thought of Absolutely. having a comic, right? Yeah. My my nerdy buddies and I back in the in the 90s, we talked about it. And, and it got as far as like one one character being drawn on a piece of paper. Like that was it. <laughs> you know, they 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 couldn't draw sequential art and, and it was just it was over at that point. <laughs> yeah. So so where we are now, man, I, I don't think that I could have done this by myself. Right. You know, yeah. it, it took it took Doug. It took uh, Scott, who does the layouts. It took uh, Delia and and Chase, who do the art. It took bad, like it, it, we have Kubert School graduates. Oh, how cool is that? That we are paying fair market rate to to yeah. bring this comic to life. That's awesome. And, and I'm I'm thankful that we have people that want to buy it, that do yeah. buy it. We have Patreon that supports it, yeah. that allows us to to actually make a comic and we have four issues and are gearing up to do another four four issues yeah and it's amazing where we started and where we are and how long will we go it'll be interesting to see you know (laughs) so far so good though so far so good i mean we have a second title that's going to be coming out hopefully in october at new york comic-con called marcus i did see that on uh, the the website yeah man i'm i i i I love isolation and and but i am also very much excited about marcus it is completely different oh really different oh man military stuff brother i love military inspired (laughs) stuff right so it's like this mixture of like uh, the Bible and military and immortality. Um, <laughs> it, it's very different from isolation, which is more horror, fantasy, yeah. uh, not time travel too, right? A little historical. There, yeah, I know there, it's not, I mean, yeah. There, there are some similarities between yeah. the two, yeah. but they are also very different. Yeah, and, yeah. and what I was thinking about the other day is I was like, is it is it the same universe? Oh, are these yeah. two in the same universe and should I make them in the same universe? Should a character from isolation appear in Marcus and vice versa? (laughs) So this is the stuff that, that as the publisher I'm thinking about the writers aren't, but, but I'm thinking about, should I try to bring these two together? It could be interesting at least for them to to pop up and appear, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. At least some of the police officers in the background doing their, (laughs) you see what I'm saying? Like, I I think there may be a way like this guy that's a police officer in isolation was in the military. (laughs) Uh, Walter Edmond, right? Sergeant yeah. Walter Edmond and Special Agent Terrence. And- <laughs> there you go. Brother, there, there's some surprises coming up that you're not ready for. But, All right. but, but maybe it. he maybe he's a police officer right now in, in England, but before yeah. he was a military uh, guy in Iraq. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because that, it, and it, to me, that's where some of my creativity comes into play and yeah. in working with these really talented writers. That that just have great imaginations. They put pen to paper to come up with these amazing scripts, these great characters. And and again, Marcus, there there are some interesting uh, developments that I'll be sharing in the next couple of weeks regarding Marcus that no one, no one will see coming. You know? <laughs> I love it. That's exciting. That's awesome, man. It's fun, man. I mean, it again, I, I feel like I'm living like my best life. Yeah. I, I, I get to come on camera and talk about comics uh, I'm making comics. I, I have slapped comics where, you know, I've signed them with my name on it, hanging <laughs> on the wall. Like, yeah, it's awesome. I, I have a good life, man. You know, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. For sure. For sure. That is pretty incredible, man. Pretty incredible. And it's, it's quite uh, satisfying to see something that uh, has your fingerprint 
come to fruition like that too. Right. And then to see someone else enjoy it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. What, what's cool, cool, man, is that the books that we've put out are actually the first publications for some of these creators. Yeah. Wow. Some of these create, yeah. like we, we have uh, Delia Gunderson, amazing, amazingly talented artist that did issues one and two and contributed to issue three, I think. Mm -hmm. Um she she's from the Kubert school really talented she had a project in development a comic in development for like a year mm -hmm. and i we beat that publication to press oh wow we started well after and we got it done and i i i think delia will go on to do some amazing stuff isolation issue one will always be her very first publication wow that's cool from my guy chase cowan uh, his first publication is isolation, right? <laughs> like it's, it's, it's cool when you can see real, when you can give really talented people an opportunity to showcase their talent yeah. and forever isolation will be special to them and yeah. special to me and special to Doug. Cause it's Doug's first comic as well. Right. That's so awesome. it's just, it's just cool stuff all the way yeah. around, man. That's awesome. Now, as far as the marketing of it, right, I've definitely heard you talk about it on all the different social media and YouTube. Are you also doing like a, a Comic-Con um, calendar where you're taking the comics to or have you gone that far yet? That's a good way to go broke, brother. Yeah, yeah. It's, good. it's a good way to go broke. Uh, so Comic-Cons are incredibly expensive, right? Yeah. And and uh, in year one for isolation, we did New York Comic-Con and we did San Diego Comic-Con. Okay. And yeah. uh, those were financially tough to recover from. Yeah. You know, yeah. The hotels are super expensive. The air flight, the airplanes are super expensive. The food is super expensive, right? Yeah. And I was paying for myself and the writer. Okay. So- that that's a great way to like burn up some cash. So yeah. we we've tried to get a little smarter about how we're doing things. So we're doing New York Comic Con this year, right? Okay. Uh, most of the creative team is in the New York area. Oh, that's perfect. I think I'm that's the, the only, way to get around that, right? Is just do one that's in your local area. Then it's I'm not the there. only one that then has to fly and stay in yeah. a hotel. Everybody else stays at home, right? Yeah, so awesome. it works a little bit better that way. Um, but but you also have to think via my YouTube channel. I mean, I have thirty thousand, roughly thirty thousand subscribers on YouTube, and another eleven thousand or so on Instagram. I can reach forty thousand people, right? With a little bit of overlap, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just talking on a microphone from from a house, yeah. <laughs> right? That's awesome. That's um, awesome. But but the the cons are a great way to to meet subscribers of the channel. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't call them fans. I, I, I that that makes me uncomfortable. But the yeah. people that subscribe to the channel, it gives me a chance to stand across from them at a at a booth at a table yeah. and have an actual conversation. That to me is cool. Yeah, that is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, making those uh, those connections with people that do enjoy the content, I think is is kind of special. To be quite honest, right? Yep. And uh, I, I think a lot of, we won't call them fans, but uh, subscribers do like to, to meet the people that they do watch on a regular basis. And I, I think it's yep. kind of cool when you're able to do it, but I know it's super expensive. Yeah. My wife, my wife always tells me I have to be on my best behavior whenever I'm out and about. Cause you never know who watches my content. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, what's funny is I was in home Depot a couple of days ago and I had on a Swolger shirt. Oh yeah. This guy was looking at me. And he said, uh, excuse me, sir, what's a swolger? And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I thought he was going to be like, hey, I'm a swolger, too. Like, I yeah, watch yeah. your channel. I mean, because that actually has happened. Yeah. Um, but 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 it is cool to go to a con, man, and to have people be like, hey, I watched such and such video. It had this impact on me yeah. during the pandemic. I was struggling with this and I saw your videos and I watched your content. Yeah. It it's it is very fulfilling to have an opportunity to to see and hear the impact that your content has on people. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I sit in a room and I talk to a camera yeah. and then I upload it and I, 
I don't know what happens after that, you know? So it's cool when, when you meet an actual person that is like, I watch your channel and, and they remember the content better than me at this point. Cause yeah. I, I put out a lot of videos, brother. I can't remember a lot of them, but people were like, yeah, you said such and such and such as us. I'm like, did I, <laughs> did I get it right? Or did I get it wrong? Yeah, you know? Exactly. Now, as far as uh, the funding for the comic, are you doing any kind of crowdfunding? So, the so Kickstarter we, or Indiegogo or anything like that. Yeah. So we did, we did Kickstarter and we, we, uh, we failed to fund and, and I didn't realize it at the time, but with Kickstarter, if you don't raise your dollar amount, yeah. you get nothing, nothing. Yep. We don't like that. Right. Yeah. So, so I do, I do Kickstarter. Yeah. It's yeah. basically pre-sales on soldierpublishing.com. So people, yeah, we, yeah. we, we put up packages People go to soldierpublishing.com, they buy the package, and I basically get 100% of that yeah, money. Yeah. yeah. And we we have an ability to, to be able to deliver. We we typically are a little late, but we get it done. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's how we're doing the crowdfunding is basically through pre-sales. Um, I don't have a ton of experience with with Kickstarter or Indiegogo or some of those yeah. other platforms. Um, maybe if we, if I meet somebody that has a lot more experience, maybe we'll go back that yeah. route. But selling it uh, via my website seems to be working pretty well right now. Yeah, I mean, if that's how if it's working, I mean, you're doing you have the best option if it works. To be quite honest, right? Because Indiegogo, you get whatever anybody gives you, so you get to keep it. So if you if your goal is two thousand, you got three hundred, you get the three hundred. But there's a fee, right? They have their Indiegogo fees, and that's what you're giving up. I don't think it's a ton of money. I don't know if it's two, three percent, something like that. Um, but there is a fee. But man, if you could figure it out on your own website and you're successful that route, yep. you, you beat everybody, right? Yep. <laughs> and you kept 100 of their proceeds. And I've been, you know, we we've been successful because we sell some uh, mystery boxes. Oh, okay. Basically, and and the mystery box oftentimes contains original art. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so people pay um, a premium, but I also try to put some really good stuff into the box, right? Some right. of the some of the limited covers I put in there, and then oftentimes people get at least a, a page or a sketch of original mm -hmm. art, and that kind of closes the gap to make them feel like they got something really awesome. Mm -hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's awesome. Um, and again, it's all through my website, so I pay transaction fees, but yeah. it's a hundred percent mine in the time that I need it, which allows me to pay my creators when they complete portions of the book, exactly. because I don't, I don't make my creators wait until the end to get their money yeah. unless that's what they want. Yeah. Oftentimes it is. And I'm, I'm going to give you rough examples. Sure. They do a third, a third, a third, they get mm -hmm. paid after each third. Mm -hmm. That way they can pay their bills and exactly. don't have to wait until the end. So by me, doing pre-sales, capturing some cash, it allows me to pay them so that they can keep doing what it is that, that they do best. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. I'm so glad that it's been successful that way. And I, I really enjoyed isolation. I kind of, you know, issue three kind of left me in a weird spot. So I need that issue four so I can figure out what's going on, but uh, I'll, I'll send, I'll send you a digital version of issue right, sounds good. so you can read it. You know, I, love I, it. I, I, had, I know, fun. Had I known you were going to purchase it, I would have sent it to you as, as oh, part of the interview, right? Uh, but yeah, you, you yeah. pay for it. And I was like, I'm not giving the money back. I need it. No, so no, no, no. Reggie, I, I always do that. I, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to, I don't do this to, for freebies or anything. I do it because I love the conversation. I, yeah. I love, I love the indie comic scene. Like, obviously I love DC and Marvel, um, but I believe some of the best stories in comics are actually in indie um, because That's they're stuff. not tied to all this canon from 80 years, which as a DC fan, I want them to be tied to that. I don't want to see, you know, Superman all of a sudden doing things under the water like Aquaman, right? That's not yeah. Superman anymore. So uh, I, I love that part of DC and Marvel and even some of the image stuff. But on the indie stuff, I mean, isolation, where do you, where does that fit in Marvel and DC, right? I, I just don't think it does, it but it, it fits perfect in indie comics. And I, I collect most, I'd probably say 70% of what I buy is indie comics. Wow. Just because I love the the feel and uh, I love the surprise of reading something and it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be yep. and I gave yep. it a chance. And so, yeah, a lot of the stuff I have is, you know, Ace Blade, uh, I, I don't know, uh, Concrete Comics and I just a lot of really good stuff out there that a lot of people aren't even aware of. And it's like high 
quality. I think one of the best comic books I've read in a long time is uh, The Antagonist by Godhood Comics out in Atlanta. I don't know if you've read that. Absolutely. No, I read that. I'm going to send you a link. Tyler yeah. Martin's the owner there. It is incredible. I don't even know how to explain it to you. It's just, it's definitely more on the mature side, but the storyline is incredible. It follows a family of villains. Okay. Um, and it's just superb, right? They were big time villains at one time. They kind of go into hiding and then they get drawn back out as villains again. And they got kids and the whole family is part of it. But the storyline is just beautiful. In fact, I talked to Tyler not too long ago and he was in Hollywood and they're looking at turning it into either like a TV series or a Netflix type show um, because it's that good. And I agree, it's that good. So uh, I'll send it to you. But yeah, I, I just love those kind of finds, right? Where you're, you just don't know what you're going to find. You find a lot of really bad stuff too. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like, that's, that's the nature of the beast. That's the nature that, of the beast, right? That, that's the nature of the beast. But it's like yeah. when you find one that's really good, that's an indie, oftentimes it's really good. You know, really and you're good. like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, and, and, and let's be honest, you know, it is not the easiest to find a Marvel or DC story right now that really blows you away. No. Right? It's a lot like, of regurgitation let, let, of stuff. Let's be honest about that, right? And I, I say oftentimes on the channel that this is a golden age of comics right now. And not to take anything away from the actual golden age, but when you sure. think about the quality of what comes out from the independents, you yeah. think about the movies and the TV shows. Yeah. Brother, it's a it's an amazing time. You remember yes. Lou Ferrigno with green body paint. Yeah. <laughs> that was awful, right? Yeah, like, I know. This is a great, you have great stories, yeah. you have great movies, and some decent TV shows that are out there. It's not a bad time to be in comics right now plus you got all the youtube content the instagram content i mean it's just a great time i mean it's not like the 90s where you 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 had the lcs and you had yeah some okay comics you know yeah. it's it's very different right now very different i i totally agree with you wow reggie man i i really appreciate the opportunity to to meet you and to sit with you and to talk about isolation can't wait to to see marcus when that comes out um that's going to be super exciting um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it'll happen. It'll happen. It sounds like you're already on your way, my friends. So, um, and obviously a, a lot of the folks that I talk to enjoy your content too on YouTube. So, uh, it was great meeting you, um, and really appreciate it. If there's anything that I could ever do to help with, uh, you know, the, the crowdfunding on your own website or something like that, please let us know. We certainly want to see a lot of the independent, um, you know, products that are being produced right now become successful. Um, because I, I just don't think you could have too much of it. I just think more and more content that we have, the better, you know, writing, the better art, all that stuff, it just gets better and better. So, and I love that. I love that about comics. There we go. It has been an absolute pleasure, uh, Thomas. Thank you for having me on, man. Um, I've enjoyed the conversation. The time flew by. So yeah. to me, that's always a good sign of a, yeah. of a good conversation when you're like, oh, it's over. Oh, <laughs> okay. You know, um, but but thank you for having me on. It's It's been great. Yeah, I appreciate it, Reggie. Have a great rest of your week, my friend, and we'll talk soon. Take care. All right, you too.